Hello everybody, welcome to the RPG Academy Trial Edition. On this bright early Sunday morning, we are getting together to try a brand new game, Open Legend RPG. In order to facilitate this trial, we are bringing on the creator of the system, Brian. Welcome, Brian. How are you today? Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm doing great. Excited to... It is a little bit early, but uh, other than that... <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on today. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. Uh, we've assembled our typical group of trial players here. You know us. You love us. Let's run down the list here to see who's doing what. I am playing a character that, in the spur of the moment, I will name Langstrom. He is... Uh, an arcane scout. He is the guy that teleports around, lurks in the darkness, and does some nasty things when you're not paying attention. Michael, you're up next. Who are you playing today? I will be playing Vivian. She is a femme fatale. Uh, in the game, she is a seer, but I have the ability to manipulate people's minds to my will. And Scott, who are you bringing to the table today? I am playing Carrie Ann Lobos, a... Uh... A ranged death dealer extraordinaire. If you need high-value targets taken out at high distance, then uh, she's your lady. And last but not least, certainly my favorite, Matthew, who are you bringing this morning? I am playing The Face, a shapeshifter of sorts, and I thought we were going with Reservoir Dog names, so I have to change what my name is. But I'm going to go with Rand. Character is the um, the body fluid face person who can mimic both people and animals. Uh, so you guys have been hired to do a job. And so you, do you, have you guys worked together before or is this the first job? So the, the, the pay for this job is so significant that even at your, so you are all relatively experienced as a sort of subterfuge or infiltration specialists. And um, you, even at your sort of like high privileged status in society, you could probably retire on the pay for this job. This is like, if we can complete this job, then we can probably just check out. So how does that impact your characters and how do you guys know each other? I kind of think this might be a situation where a bunch of disparate experts are brought together. So we're all the best in our individual fields, but we haven't necessarily worked together. I'm okay with that if you guys are. Yep, sounds good to me. We're all we're all here with dollar signs in our eyes, mm -hmm. <laughs> and nothing ever goes wrong when that happens. Of course no. not. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> and we're definitely skipping over the opening scene of the story where we're all eating cheeseburgers. <laughs> we're, we're getting right to the action. We don't want to bore the audience. <laughs> so let me explain the job because there's two other reasons you might be doing it and you can decide if that's true of your characters you can keep that to yourself or share uh, with the group if, if you want to so essentially rumor has it that ever since the portal between Schlechtenberg and Amoria was opened the war profiteers at Blofeld Arms and Armaments um, have been ratcheting up tension uh, between Amoria and Schlechtenberg uh, the, between the new world and uh, the home world in an attempt to convince the Schlechtenberg military to declare war on the Amorians in order to accomplish what they want with their, you know, colonization effort. However, you guys are hired by a wealthy humanitarian philanthropist named Baron Charlemance, who has decided 
um, that something must be done to prevent these war profiteers from uh, destroying yet another civilization as uh, Schlechtenberg has already steamrolled all of its neighbors. <laughs> so it's not the first time this has happened. And so Baron Shalomans is very interested in preventing that. And so what you guys have been hired to do, uh, so you'll probably need to be at least a little bit unscrupulous uh, in personality, because you've been hired to kidnap the son of uh, the Blofeld family, the eldest son, a, a teenage boy, and uh, essentially take him to the new world. So it's a sort of mutually assured destruction arrangement. So, you know, if he's, uh, if he's on Amoria and they wage war against Amoria, then, you know, theoretically he would, he would die or he's, he's been kidnapped. Uh, so you guys are doing the kidnapping. So you're sort of anti-heroes, I guess. And um, the reason that you do that, though, could be anything, whether you think that it's the best uh, means to an end. You also could be interested in one particular detail, which is that you have acquired, as part of the gig, um, you get a very rare privilege, which is official papers, a writ of passage that allows you to travel to the new world, uh, something that only the most well-connected people in Schlechtenberg can achieve, and you guys have not uh, had the ability to do that. And so you could either be uh, interested in the in just exploring, you could be interested in the money, or you could be a believer in the cause. Those are thoughts for you guys. So anyway, uh, so we'll open with the scene um, with you guys in uh, the office of Baron Shalomans. Um, and he sort of explains the outline of this plan and then passes the stage to you guys and says, uh, is there anything else that, uh, any questions I can answer for you? Uh, anything else that I might do in order to ensure that you are good with definitely taking the job? So Langstrom has been in the back of the room during this conversation. He's been leaning up against the bookshelf, and he has a habit of taking one of his uh, little short daggers and just spinning it between his fingers, twirling it around, kind of a an anxious tick he has. So he he speaks up. So uh, what what do you know about this kid? Do you know where where he is? What he does? Or are you putting on putting all of that on us to find him? Well, the the belief. I'm I'm glad you asked. I was um, I was merely double checking that you were all uh, uh, definitively okay with the arrangement. But I can show you that as he uh, he reaches into his desk, he opens one of the drawers in his desk and pulls out. A, uh, a large rolled up map and he begins to unfurl the map across his desk. While you're doing that, Vivian will kind of give a, like a harsh, not a chuckle, but sort of a, huh, good sir, we are not idiots. At this point in the conversation, if we did not accept the job, you would have us killed. So clearly we're going to accept the job. <laughs> Very well. I don't like to think of myself as such a harsh, uh, as a harsh or cruel individual, but uh, fair enough. In, in any case, let, let, as he sort of turns his, turns his attention back to the map, what he's rolling out in front of you looks to be the uh, floor plan, some sort of a floor plan. And uh, he says, the, the understanding, according to my latest uh, uh, intel, is that uh, the boy is located in his family's cloud yacht, as uh, you see that the sort of oval shape of the floor plan uh, kind of confirms that it appears to be, well, an oval-shaped structure in any case, uh, as uh, it does look like, you know, the map of, of, of one of these 
uh, gigantic cloud yachts that's kind of anchored to the tallest spires in Schlechtenberg. And people live there so as to avoid the choking smog that, uh, that nearly kills everyone else on a daily basis. So um, getting in to a uh, floating structure is something that I thought you guys are professionals, so certainly uh, you can probably manage that. But this is at least, uh, I hope, helpful. No guarantee that he's there, but uh, that is the best information that I can give you. At this point, uh, Carrie Ann Lobos would, would chime in uh, from her chair right at the front of the desk and say, um, but the important thing is, are we sure this will work? Will, will this necessitate the, the, the bargaining and, and the, the future that, that's so important to us? Absolutely. I'm glad you asked that. Uh, I'm, I, I have no, uh, nothing to hide from you all. The, the intent is that once the, once the job is done and uh, we have proof that the boy is, has been delivered to our own agents, you will, of course, not uh, be obligated to maintain custody of him long term. Uh, I have uh, other agents that are set up to receive and uh, then take care of him or keep an eye on him. Uh, once you've delivered him to the new world. Uh, once that's done, um, a motion will be uh, set in place or, uh, or set to essentially assure that the profiteering is contractually prevented. In other words, we, we have a, a proposition to put forth a uh, legislation that would prevent uh, Blofeld arms and armaments from being among the potential recipients of a, of a military contract um, in order to manufacture weapons. So without their, so with a, a signed agreement, the theory is that um, we, should be, we should be able to prevent such a disaster. The rest of you can hear my eyes rolling. <laughs> well, you know, I think with a specific job like this, we've probably got to do a little bit of recon. And uh, I am not one to sit around talking. I'd rather get to work. So unless, uh, Baron, you have anything else for us, unless these guys want to sit around chatting all day, I think we need to get to what we're best at. Fair enough. There are two other things, uh, small points. <clears throat> this is the, and he pulls, out, he pulls out another item of paper from his, uh, his desk drawer and places on the table. This is the writ of passage that you all need. Guard this uh, very carefully, I would suggest, as this is a highly coveted item, and uh, this will guarantee you passage through uh, the various military checkpoints that access the portal to Amoria. And then last but not least, he uh, he reaches into like his pocket. I mean, he's sitting at a desk, so you can't exactly see where his hand goes, but then he, he pulls out and presents in his palm a set of four rings. And he says, uh, and lastly, I, I, I am one who likes to monitor my investment. And, uh, you know, there's the possibility that the mission is compromised or that you all are killed in action or something like that. Um, so I ask that each of you wear one of these rings and uh, the ring will enable you to communicate with me as needed. And this is especially important as they have rather powerful magic, which will allow them, which will allow you to speak uh, to me, even on the other side of the portal. If I should uh, detect a cease in communication, or one of you should stop wearing the ring at any point, the mission will be considered compromised, as I can only assume that the 
the whole thing has fallen into enemy hands and uh, I'll be forced to not respond to further communication and of course deny any knowledge or association of you with you. Can the rings more easily be concealed than on our open hands? Four matching rings? Oh, the, uh, well, they, they, they're rather, they are rather plain rings, um, uh, to, you know, so your character sees this, of course. Um, they're not, they're not gigantic, obnoxious class rings with a, like a 2000 thief ring of the month, like. Yeah, (laughs) right, right. So they, they look rather nondescript and, um, uh, the magic on them, if, if this guy is correct, of course, would be f- very powerful. But the actual physical appearance of them is not so much as to say that you guys are some very, very distinct matching group or something. Uh, so, so yeah, I don't know how you want to deal with that. But Lobos will nod and reach out for a ring. Can Vivian sort of examine the ring magically to see if it does Absolutely. what he says it does or if it does anything Absolutely. else? Absolutely. Roll, roll right. divination. There's, an, there's a, uh, a boon in open legend called um detect detection yep yep you got it okay uh, but i want is it possible for me to do this without him realizing what i'm doing i don't want to make it like obvious yeah great question uh what will happen is so this depends the, so in open legend we often don't go to such a low level as to say things like verbal somatic components so that's a great thing to to call out which is so it's context you know like what makes sense for the story your character is fairly sneaky so it makes sense that you would be able to but i'll tell you right now before you roll the dice that if your roll is low enough the result would probably be that you are noticed okay well but i'm not going to put anything on if i don't know exactly what it does so okay. i will roll um i got a total of a 19 19. Okay, that's a good roll. So, and de- and uh, the detection boon is fairly easy to invoke anyway. So, you detect that the magic uh, is definitely very powerful, uh, sort of artifact level power. And it has a communication component, but um, it also appears to have uh, an illusion component to the magic. An illusion? Yep. Dispel it. <laughs> okay. Does that not... It doesn't make sense to based on what he said. No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay, uh, so I will put the ring on the desk and slide it back toward him. Um, I'll keep my finger on it, and then I'll look up at him. If you ask us to do this thing, we're putting all of our lives at risk. Please don't be so petty or stupid to not be honest with us. What else do these do? So I thought that uh, given that you were all engaged in a sort of uh, exercise in infiltration, uh, it seemed appropriate that the ring should be able to help cloak you all and and sort of... So there's a a minor illusory component which allows you to uh, make minor changes to your your, um, appearance as well as uh, hide the presence of the ring uh, should that be a concern. Then why not just say that? Why not tell us that before we put them on? Well, I, you know, I mean, I am paying you not to ask questions <laughs> as he just sort of glares at you uh, in, a, in a sort of, uh, you know, <laughs> stare down. Okay. I, I, I don't blink. Is, is there a role to detect lies or second truths or, or innuendo? Mm-hmm. Perception. All right. May I make a perception check for this? Absolutely. That's a nat 20 that explodes. Yep, nice. Uh, and with a seven on top, and then my two sixes were threes. 33 total. 
Okay, so that is a very exceptional result. Uh, so with a 33, you know that he's definitely... The, normally, it's not hard to tell um, that he's being duplicitous. Um, that's fairly straightforward, as he's so basically just said so by refusing to answer the question. Your assumption is that there's some... Your impression, and you can't know exactly what it is, unfortunately, because... Uh, perception is not the same as reading someone's mind, but there's something very specific about the rings that he's he's hiding, and he's definitely not been completely honest about that. Okay. Um, so you're 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 certain of it. Do I get his the emotional context as to why he doesn't want us to know? Is he afraid? Do I get the impression that he's afraid if we knew we wouldn't take the job, or is he afraid that if we knew we would kill him on the spot? What uh, do, do I get a context for that? Yeah, great question. Um. The impression that you get from his sort of like registering his emotional reaction is that he um, he's not so much worried that you won't take the job. He's there's like there's literally something about the rings that he he doesn't want you to know. And he thinks that if you did know, you wouldn't take the job. That's the, that's your that's your gut reaction. Hmm. Well, uh, Lobos is a believer, so she'll stare him straight in the eyes. And say, <laughs> I trust that this is for the good of us all. And she takes the ring while not breaking eye contact. <laughs> I want to look over at uh, Rand, who in my mind isn't looking like what Rand looks like. It's the thing where maybe no one actually knows what Rand looks like. That's a good say, assumption. You've been quiet. And uh, a man in in uh, in very... Unassuming black clothes will just smile at you with a with a rictus almost mask like. Just say, "Oh, I'm just taking it all in." These rings won't have any effect on any of our um, abilities to uh, do what we do best. No, no, of course not. You, uh, if I hire, if I were hiring someone whose specialty was uh, was you know various magical capabilities and they weren't able to employ them then that wouldn't be of any use to me that's what i thought and then uh he will take the ring and put it on so uh so i'll look around um at everyone and then i'll turn my gaze back to the baron and i will just defiantly stare at him as i put the ring on and <laughs> it's very nonverbal that if this goes sour because of this he's going to die <laughs> nice all right so he says, splendid, splendid, as he sort of like uh, break, attempts to break the tension and, and sort of leans back from his desk, uh, almost trying to disconnect himself from the uh, very, very uh, hostile atmosphere as a result of his uh, now, now uh, plain and obvious uh, duplicity. So let me know if I, uh, if I, if there's anything I can do besides... Uh, you know, anything I can provide, resources that you need, I will do my best to uh, equip you all. Um, but I think you guys have work to do. How did we make arrangements for payment? Like when when, and how do we get paid? Um, so the idea is that you would be paid upon completion of the, the task. Again, So it's when the, we turn the boy over, we get paid? Yep, yep. So that when, when you get to, in, when you get to Amoria and the checkpoint or the drop point where you hand the boy over, you'll be paid there. Okay. <clears throat> the floor is yours, uh, everyone. So what do you, uh, how do you want to go about this? Well, I think it would be interesting. We can have a very awkward, long elevator ride down. <laughs> 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 so we're all just in the elevator, kind of looking at each other. 
So, is, is anyone else excited to be a part of the the ongoing liberation like me? <laughs> more excited to get paid. I think that's a little bit more important. If you think either of those things are high probabilities, then I'll just sort of shake my head. <laughs> Baron Charlemance wouldn't mislead us. He's he's a believer. <laughs> Believer in money? In, in, in the cause. Prof. Oh, anyway, cause. I'm sure if he's misleading us, it's for a good purpose. <laughs> uh, Lobos uh, re-shoulders her, um, uh, her, the large pack on her back that contains her, her dual uh, crystal lens spy glasses, which she uses to focus her energies at great range. Nice. I'll hold up my hand and sort of twiddle with the ring and be, and say... Yeah, he's a pillar of honesty and openness, as I spin the ring on my finger. <laughs> well, considering the line of work we are all in, I think that is par for the course. Uh, all of us have a lot of familiarity with this type of attitude, so why don't we quit gabbing and get to work? In response to that, Lobos... Uh will light up a uh, hand-rolled stick of, of tobacco equivalent and start puffing out rings of dark blue smoke. Nice. <laughs> <coughs> I will tobacco. look at the no-smoking sign on the elevator. <laughs> Do you have any more of those sticks of tobacco <laughs> equivalent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she uh, taps one out of her, the round case they come in and passes one over. Uh, he'll put it behind his ear. <laughs> well, I have some personal affairs to get in order. Uh, what say we meet tonight? Seven o'clock. Are we going to discuss the plans here, or where are we meeting? It's probably best to talk somewhere where no one will care. I know a tavern, back end of town, where the drinks are good, cheap, and no one has an open ear for private conversations. I'm enjoying the accurate descriptor of the back end of town, a town that's 100 miles wide or whatever. <laughs> it's all relative to where you're standing, friend. Well, it's the bottom end, not the back end, because you have, uh, so there are five tiers in uh, Schlechtenberg, essentially with a, a, quite a very literal trickle-down effect, uh, as it were. And uh, so... Yeah, shit rolls downhill, but sunlight don't. <laughs> But yeah, so if you, if you wanted to not be noticed, you could go to a tavern on one of the lower levels of the city where all of the uh, the lowest of society hang out. Um, so. so as far as like technology level goes, you know, are, I know there's magic. Are there like computers? Like would we quote uh, unquote, no, no. Google this guy? Yeah. So no, the co there are no computers. So this is industrial age. Um, so essentially there it, it's. You know, because computers are already in a way simulated by ma by certain magic, right? Like there hasn't been a rush towards the information age, but there's just all of this machinery and cogs and wheels and, and ironworks and all that sort of thing. And then um, there are many colleges of magic uh, in the city. Um, there are, you know, millions and millions of, of uh, citizens. So if, if, if machining has been industrialized, has magic been industrialized too? Is that a regular uh, commodified part of people's everyday lives? Um, yeah, to some extent, but, uh, it's very class, it's very sort of, uh, segmented based on class. Um, so, you know, like you have, you guys are supposed to case the joint at a airship, which is, uh, naturally has magic to help it. And, um, 
you know, the various commodities are particularly uh, rarefied so that the, only the those are at the upper end of society can afford it. And then the rest just, you know, work on the machines and, you know, imagine sweatshops that are machine shops and that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Would I know offhand if this um, airship was of the uh, of any sort of military or is it strictly a pleasure yacht? From what was outlined, mm-hmm. um, it sounds as though it's the sort of like private yacht of the uh, Blofeld family. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it's actually an interesting question because it would be pretty easy to say that it's not really military if it were an- maybe another particular family. Mm. However, they are the owners of Blofeld Arms and Armaments, which is the arms dealer who is the the threat that he you know that your patron is looking to address mm-hmm. or remove. And so, being that they're a family that literally deals in arms and armaments, it's a little bit tough to to know what to expect in that regard. But it seems unlikely that there would not be some kind of weaponization defenses or something like that. Now, did um, did the Baron give us any personal artifacts of the, the the kid, a picture or drawing, anything that would so we would know exactly that we're dealing with the right kid? I had forgot to include that, but it's a good point, so we'll say that he did. Okay, then I want to make sure that I have that, um, and then in the downtime, I'm going to do a divination spell and try to scry on him and see if I All can right. locate him. Excellent, very good. So go ahead and uh, so go ahead and roll. The- Okay, so I'm looking at the boon for scrying. Um, it's a div- divination versus revol- resolve. Not revolve. Yep, so resolve of the target. So the, so you have three defenses, toughness, evasion, and resolve. So resolve is your mental ability to resist things. Okay, and so my divination is a d20 plus two d8s. Yep. I got a exploding eight. Nice. Uh, 13, 27. Uh, so 27 is a success. You, uh, you are able to scry. And um, what you, uh, you, you do see, essentially, you, you're looking ar- sort of, you get this, you know, panoramic view of, you know, 180 degrees or whatever scrying does. And you see the boy in this very luxurious sort of penthouse suite, so to speak, uh, on this private yacht. And um, to one side, you see a gigantic picture window that is, you know, floor, sort of floor to ceiling, very impractical, but very, uh, you know, very fancy, right? So uh, he, he has this gigantic picture window, um, lots of different stuff around the room, various couches, places to hang out, things that he uses to amuse himself. And uh, at the time, he's currently alone in this room. Um, is there anything specific that you're looking for that I can tell you about? Um, I want to see if there's any guards, if he's with anybody, any anything that would be like, you know, military uh, defenses. And then specifically what I'm really interested in most of all is I want to kind of pull back out of that vision to see if he's actually in that the luxury yacht that we've been told or if there's anything outside of the room he's in that would be of a danger. So I kind of want to see him, make sure he's who he says he is and then back out to see where he's at. Yep. Okay. So he does seem to, uh, so in terms of defenses, uh, you don't see anything in the room there. There's no obvious to you anyway, magically from a distance. Uh, there's no obvious defense or anything like that. Uh, there are no guards in his room. Um, but there are multiple doorways that have entrances to the room 
And, uh, you know, there is entirely possible that there are defenses on the other side of those doors. Uh, but no, in the room itself, there are no guards and no obvious defenses. Uh, uh, panning out, sort of trying to change your perspective, which might have been harder, like, but you rolled very well. So we'll, we'll, we'll say that's no problem. And um, you, you do see, panning out, you do see painted on the side uh, the crest of the Blofeld family. Um, so you can only assume that it's the, it's the, uh, accurately been described to you all. Okay. So beyond that, I will gather the normal gear I would take on a infiltration mission like this, put my affairs in order because I still don't feel very comfortable with this. Um, probably go borrow a lot of money from someone I don't intend to pay back and, um, (laughs) and then make my way to this tavern. All right. Very good. Um, Totally up to you guys. We can skip to the meeting or you can do something else. Yeah, I, w- I was planning on uh, when we all left uh, ducking into an alley and uh, taking the form of some sort of black eagle and taking myself up to the yacht to do some actual like one on one reconnaissance with my eye with my eye beams. Is, yeah. Would that uh, <laughs> would that give me any sort of knowledge into what we're dealing with? Yeah, so you have the boon focus feet for for shapeshift, so you don't have to roll to do that. Just to make that clear for everybody listening, and um, so you uh, so you go ahead and, and do that, which is no problem, um, especially for your character. Uh, so you make your way up there, and you see the same sight that uh, that Michael's character just saw. You know, okay. you sort of come up and from the side, you see the emblem of the Blofeld arms and armaments uh, crest is on mm-hmm. the side of this gigantic air uh, yacht. It is um, one thing that he, Michael probably was not, uh, well, maybe, but not necessarily able to tell. You know, it is, of course, moored, it's anchored. And so there's like a really, really long chain that connects it to the top of the spire okay. of one particularly huge tower. So there is a very, very precarious exit point there and um or entry point and then you do actually see you manage to see the boy um it's it's not like really hard because yeah the yacht's large but again there's this picture window so it's you know they're 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 not expecting someone to (laughs) i guess uh you know fire uh you know guns at the side of the ship or something Mm -hmm. that's just not really done in schlechtenberg and so you see right through just like you're looking into a terrarium or like an aquarium you see him right through the side as you sort of fly uh around the ship and in terms of uh things i'm looking for since i'm not sure what is in and what is out i'm looking for hidden weapon emplacements that i could Mm -hmm. discern or like a force field for lack of a better word like anti-teleport or shooting or something Something that would screw us not knowing about it before we went in. So, so roll a perception check. D20, 2D6. <laughs> it's a lovely day for flying, isn't it? <laughs> I got a total of uh, five on three dice. So, uh, you know what? Looks great. It looks like perfect. Smooth I'm going to head to the tavern. So what happens is, so one of the things, we have a rule in Open Legend called... Every rule matters. Uh-oh. Um, and so <laughs> what happens is, uh, for better or for worse, the story should change as a result of a role. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens in your case, we'll keep it simple in this particular instance, because you're not, you're, you're in luck. Your character doesn't know this, 
but they do not have they don't have some kind of magical like surveillance so, so they don't actually know that there's a shape-shifted person you know mm-hmm. uh infiltrator gotcha. that's scoping the joint right so that's just not even in the realm of possibility however what does happen is um as you're casing the joint you basically spend a lot of time on a few different fixtures that you think look like they could be weapons or weaponized and so you sort of um you sort of do a number of circles around and what ends up happening is uh, you take a long time and you'll be like, you know, 10 minutes late to the meeting that we're about to have as a result. Uh, so you kind of waste gotcha. time. But in the end, after sort of circling around multiple times, looking at the same things, you conclude that um, it doesn't appear weaponized from the outside. Uh, like it's not like it has. Um, and you have heard of airships that have like laser cannons. Actually, you guys know of such a thing the military employs, mm-hmm. uh, but you don't see anything like that here because it's in a civilian zone, right in in the city. Gotcha. And so uh, that would be illegal. But anyway, yeah, you you spend your time looking at what you think might be some kind of you know laser turrets or something like that, but in fact, uh, turns out to be nothing. So we'll, so anybody else uh, doing anything between? I was just going to say that Linkstrom went straight to the tavern, okay, <laughs> which is called in the back end of town. <laughs> That's the it's, name of the tavern, and and the back end of town. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, and painted on the sign is a very pretty coarse girl from behind. Nice, kind of flipping her skirts up, double entendre. <laughs> uh, and I just went down there. And I was hanging out for a little bit. I wanted to make sure that the back room was available, kick out some of the drunks that were yeah. hanging about, make yeah. sure there was no uh, observation equipment, nothing sensitive, nothing that would intrude on our privacy. So that's what I was going to do. Cool. Okay. Well, that's that's easily done. Uh, you spend um, – we don't have to roll for everything. You spend time uh, doing that and uh, exactly as expected – um, there, there is absolutely zero in the way of anything to worry about. This place is, is, uh, a complete dive. Uh, they're just glad to have more than, you know what I mean? It's like, it's daytime before quitting time for the working class. And they're just thrilled to have more than one customer, uh, you know. <laughs> so I will, uh, throw some coin around to the workers, make sure we have the good drink and the food that isn't quite as disgusting as the rest of the food. Yeah. And then just kick back, have a sandwich, have a drink, and wait for my coworkers to arrive. Quick question. Uh, how does travel work here? Do they have, like, sky cars, like in Eberron, taxi cabs? Like, how would we even get to the yacht normally if we're allowed to go there? Approaching a private residence like that would typically require uh, someone else help. But yes, there are there are taxis, uh, sort of like airship taxis that go about to and fro about the city. Um, in fact, it's even there are even you know public transportation versions of that. Although of course the public ver- transportation is not going to go to the private yacht. But yeah, one could definitely conceivably uh, pay a taxi to take you there specifically. That you know your characters probably wouldn't do that because it would be too conspicuous, but that is a that is an option. So Lobos is going to make two stops on her way to the bar. The first stop is is with 
You know, she she's interested in ground lenses and sighting at a distance, and so she has many contacts of, of similarly interested people, including a ring of uh, spies on the top tier who uh, train telescopes on, on different people and different things and record information. And uh, so she will stop by her contacts there and uh, pick up some, some and, and pay some coin for, for some good reports on the, uh, the movements into and out of the the Blofeld family yacht. You know, shipment schedules, uh, schedules of, of to and fro, mm-hmm. who, who's going, who's coming, who's visiting, who's planning to visit, those sorts of things. Uh, or, and, and she'll uh, briefly glance through them as, as she walks away. Is there anything of note or that particularly stands out? So go ahead, and so what I'm going to assume is that you are, so you're 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 trying to, uh, you know, gather in, intel from the various people, these contacts, right? So that would probably be persuasion to see if you if somebody's going to divulge the kind of information that you want. I think, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Fourteen total. So on a fourteen, you get a few eyebrows raised, uh, sort of asking by asking around about the Blofeld. Um, you know, granted. You know, everybody that you're working with is sort of contacts in the, you know, the sort of underground. And uh, so they're no they're no stranger to shady business. However, the idea of doing so um, with with the target like the Blofeld family uh, sort of raises a little bit of suspicion. Um, People people divulge the info that you're looking for, um, but they are they're a little bit like concerned or alarmed. Uh, What what so. Tell me again, like, what, what kind of info are you looking for exactly? What are you looking to learn? Just uh, the traffic in and out, basically. Okay. Yeah, so the bad news is it, it does seem like uh, typically it's pretty rare for people to visit. However, roll me 1d20 and then add a d10. All right, I got a 21. However, you are able to, um, to you know amidst a little bit of suspicion that is cast on your uh, on your character um you are able to find out that in in about 21 hours there is a scheduled visit by some sort of um uh diplomat or something like that you know a dignitary of some sort who is scheduled to you know speak to somebody at Blofeld at the Blofeld yacht the problem is that it's rare uh so you you do know for uh, definitively it's not one it's not one visit of many it's like this is the one chance this is the one opening in in like the next couple many days because blofeld the blofeld family has lots of land bound uh structures where they run business and do administration and that sort of thing so to actually visit the family's private yacht is something that happens very rarely so even like service uh they they the the yacht must be incredibly self-contained that it doesn't need a lot of uh Staff coming in and out. The staff live on board. Doesn't need a lot of supplies coming in and out. They have stores of food that are ready made and and can easily reheat to a delectable quality. <laughs> they 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 just dump their trash straight out. They don't need to do anything. Yeah, they jump fancy. their trash straight out on the yeah on the the the, <laughs> the rest of the city. Um, but no, there. So yeah, there's no schedule. Nothing scheduled like that. So these these dignitaries are there. Are, yes, there are of course other supply runs, um, but it's just that it their supply chain or their delivery lasts more than a day. So there would be a follow-up opportunity. If you wanted to wait longer, mm-hmm. you could get in on a, a, like a supply delivery like that. But mm-hmm. that will say that that's three days out and the other one's 21 hours out. Okay. So it's up to you. All right. And then the only other thing Lobos wanted to do was, was stop by um, 
you know, a, a small ramshackle, underfunded nonprofit of the <laughs> Friends of the Daylight Initiative, where they, mm-hmm. they try to bring daylight to the lower levels, and they're kind of believers uh, along nice. with her. And she nice. will uh, walk up to the clerk, a longtime friend and co-believer, and, and uh, you know, some uh, very low-to-mid-level functionary in this network of, of people who have this same sort of spiritual goal, and she'll say, so... What have you heard about uh, Baron Charlemance? Is is he a true believer? Because I've I've recently come into some information that that suggests to me that his motives may be mixed. Well, um, funny you should ask that. I uh, I didn't know that uh, he was a a believer at all. I mean, I suppose I know he's a philanthropist, which is which is good, and I do believe that uh, he's from what I've heard he's sincere in his uh aspirations to prevent the sort of threat of war which we've heard between schlechtenberg and uh, the new world but uh whether he's a believer in in truly helping the lower class i i kind of i have my doubts about that but you know and allies are few and far between outside of our circles so i I suppose we kind of beggars can't be choosers Mm, too true too true well, thank you. And then I show up to the bar. You guys, uh, you guys enter this bar. Um, you can uh, almost barely even see the mugs in front of you over just the seedy, absolutely, completely low light. You, you almost can't really, you know, make out much of what is going on here just because of how how dark it is. But you know, there's just a few torch lights to light this whole uh, tavern. And uh, lots of shadowy um, people shuffling around in the shadows, but there's not—you you don't know if they're just other people that are too broke to go somewhere better, or if they're shady individuals. Um, and uh, as you guys kind of sit down, but you've—you've you've secured a spot where you're fairly secluded. I think some, one of you guys had already assured that, so that's fine. Yeah. So I had the back room for us, <clears throat> and I'm—I'm I'm sitting there with. Uh some drinks. I actually ordered some bottles of uh, mead or or beer or something, but kept them sealed Mm -hmm. to respect the skullduggery of my companions, kind of Mm -hmm. an honor among thieves thing. Let them open their own so they don't worry about that. (laughs) And also something else I wanted to do, I I guess I can summon a shadow familiar. Mm -hmm. Yep. I would like to have that familiar maybe outside the tavern or mm-hmm. within range to serve as a warning if anyone sneaks up on us or is trying to see what we're doing in the back room. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. So roll um, the thing. So the interesting part about your shadow, just to talk, peel back the mechanics covers a little bit here, there is a boon called animation. And for anybody who's listening, the characters, everybody is actually playing a level six character. Level six is special in Open Legend because they're, that's the first time that you can have an attribute score of six. And so there are a few things that you unlock and animation is one of them. And so animation allows you to create. So you've actually sort of summoned up or created this shadow creature. Um, so it has an association with you, but your character is not like a druid who has a special like compulsion or ability to control so it's more like a wild animal except it's a spirit so roll roll enchantment 
which you have, I think, but not it's not your highest, that'll determine how well you can uh, command the creature. Uh, yes, I have an enchantment of a d20 plus a d8. Uh, the d8 explodes. That is... That's a 21. Okay, cool. And so the, the, the vision for your familiar creature is that it has a, like a, sub, a subhuman level of intelligence, and uh, that allows you to use enchantment even though you're not particularly adept with it, or you're, you know, you don't have a five or a six, you can still command the creature because of its low intelligence. Cool. So the uh, b- before everyone gets there, I'll, I'll step in right outside the back of the tavern to the alley. Uh, I'll summon forth this shadow spirit, and it pops into existence, kind of a loose version of a, of a four-legged dog. Big floppy ears, bushy tail, <laughs> and I uh, pat the general area of its head. The <laughs> shadows are a little bit more solid to me than anyone else. Nice. And and I whisper a word to uh, be outside and around and let me know if there's any anything dangerous happening. Okay. Very well. So uh, you're able to yeah. So you you know you're you're successful in, in setting that up. That's fine. The creature stands guard. Um, and I will let you know if, uh, the creature has any reaction or anything. So you guys are, so you guys sitting off in a, uh, sectioned off part of the tavern, or the inn here, the, the, the rear end of town, what was <laughs> the rear end inn or something? In the back end of town. In the back end, yes, thank you, yes. So you, uh, you guys are, are you guys meet up, everyone having come off of, the various things that we just discussed you all doing. Yeah, as soon as Vivian sits down, whether she's second or fourth, whatever, uh, she's going to say, the kid's on the yacht. The Baron was correct about that. All right, well, what about you over there, true believer? You okay with this? You took the job. Almost nods between her uh, cloud of blue smoke. She takes the the cigarette out of her mouth and says, yeah, there's... uh, there's really no other choice. The The stakes are too high. You do realize that if we mess this up, rather than preventing a war, we're probably going to start one? There's money to be made no matter what happens, so <laughs> let the chips fall where they may, in my mind. Providence will guide us. <laughs> Wait a minute. Have either of you seen that other fella? The uh, funny-looking inconspicuous one? No. <laughs> yeah. And I usually see everything. And at this point, your character, uh, your character uh, stumbles through the door. Yeah, I, I burst, uh, I burst through the door. You Kramer uh, in? Yeah, I Kramer in exactly. <laughs> uh, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I, uh, the gentleman who bursted in is wearing similar clothes to what you remember before. The uh, the tobacco esque substance is lit in his mouth. He has mm. uh, streaked black hair. It's kind of crazy, and he has a very hook nosed. Uh, uh, a very hook nose. That's where I was going with that. Totally different guy than you saw earlier today. And he's like, "This the statues. They're 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 animated. They're guarding uh, some." <laughs> and he takes he takes a cigarette out of his mouth and he goes. <laughs> so when this guy walks in, who we don't recognize, I'll uh, kick the chair back and pull a knife. <laughs> in a very suspicious manner. Oh, 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 hey, and he'll hold up his hand with the ring on it. 
Lobos will reach out uh, to his jacket, very similar to the last jacket, and pull off a single feather that was left on there, regard it coolly, and then flick it to the floor. <laughs> nice. Well, I guess we see why you got hired there, friend. All right. <laughs> and uh, and he'll be like, yeah, I, I was uh, I was up there, right? I was up there, okay? And and there's all these statues, and and they all have this look. I think they're guarding. Okay? I think the statues are on guard. It would be silly to think that there wasn't some sort of defenses, but thank you for your astute observations. Now back to my point. We know the kid's there. How do we get to the yacht? Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGAcademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the drive-thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at vrpgacademy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.